Good morning. This is the October 3rd episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is Ryan Joy, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about who jumped to WCW on this day in 1999. How proud would you be to take a company that was in serious decline and turn it around? Imagine that your main competitor is destroying you every single week. But once you were put in charge of the company's direction, that company went from losing badly to winning by a wide margin. How about we get more specific? How proud would you be if you could take a company on the verge of bankruptcy with a 2.4 television rating and turn things around so that the company would make a $56 million profit inside of two years. And that flagship television show that was doing a 2.4 is now doing better than a 6.0 in the television ratings. Well, in 1999, there was a person heavily credited with doing just that for the World Wrestling Federation and for Monday Night Raw. His name was Vince Russo. And on this day in 1999, he shocked the world by jumping ship to WCW. It is fascinating when you consider that Russo did all of that work to turn WWF around just to jump aboard the ship that was negatively impacted by the hard work that he had put in. But as long as Russo was with WWF, he would be working all kinds of hours and he would be on call 24 hours a day. And you know what? He was completely burned out as the WWF added SmackDown earlier in the year in 1999. What's shocking about this whole situation is that Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, who also jumped ship with Russo, were working without contracts. The idea that during the Monday Night Wars, the WWF would have someone so critical to their operations not locked down in a contract is just unfathomable. But that's the situation that Russo and Ferrara found themselves in October of 1999. The WWF released a brief message on WWF.com. Effective Sunday, October 3rd at 9.45 p.m. Eastern, Vince Russo, one of the creative writers, will no longer be with the World Wrestling Federation. Russo abruptly resigned over the phone and will now be working for WCW. So the big question has to be, could Russo do for WCW what he did for WWF? Because while Russo was the creative guy behind the WWF boom, people always wondered how many harebrained ideas were filtered out by Vince McMahon. Okay, to start with, Vince Russo's version of wrestling was a shift away from the in-ring to more of episodic soap opera form of storytelling that you remember from the 1990s WWF product. Russo would also heavily rely upon edgier, mature, and I guess we should just call it raunchy content. And while the USA Network accommodated often offensive content, the people at Turner were already canceling WCW content that they viewed to be out of line with their standards and practices. So that wasn't a good sign for Russo, but again, he did do an excellent job of turning the WWF ship when he was surely faced with other limitations from Vince McMahon. So on October 3rd, Russo starts with WCW. 
how did he do? Well, he'd be world champion by the time he was done. And it was also during the Vince Russo era that we had David Arquette as champion. But hey, let's take an example from day one in charge. It's the October 18th edition of Monday Night Nitro, and you can read all about it in The Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez. Russo assumed that all wrestling fans scoured the internet for rumors. And since Russo talked about Buff Bagwell as a promising star, he booked Buff to face Leparka in what I guess we could call a fake match. Yeah, a fake, fake fight. As the match is about to wrap up, Bagwell motions to Leparka to kick him in the head. And when Leparka does, Bagwell falls to the ground and gets pinned. But no sooner, no sooner does the referee count to three that Bagwell sits right up, walks out of the ring, grabs a headset, and says, Hey, Russo, did I do a good job for you? Emphasis on the word job. And then that would lead to Jeff Jarrett making his re-debut on Nitro to say he has all the stroke. And knowing what I know about Russo, I'm almost surprised Laparca was in the match. Here's what Russo said about Mexican and Japanese wrestlers during an online interview with WrestleLine.com. And again, these are Vince Russo's words. I'm going to tell you something right now that you will absolutely not agree with, but I've been a wrestling fan my whole life and I will live and die by this. It's hard enough, believe me, I write this shit. It's hard enough to get somebody over. You will never, ever, 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 ever see the Japanese wrestlers or the Mexican wrestlers over in American mainstream wrestling. And the simple reason for that is, even myself, I'm an American and I don't want to sound like a big bigot or racist or anything like that, but I'm an American. If I'm watching wrestling here in America, I don't give a shit about a Japanese guy. I don't give a shit about a Mexican guy. I'm from America and that's what I want to see. Again, I have to emphasize those were Vince Russo's words, not mine. A few weeks after Russo's first Nitro, WCW had their first pay-per-view under the Russo regime and it was called Halloween Havoc. Of course, it's October, Halloween Havoc. The storyline at Havoc was supposed to be that Russo told Hogan to lose his title match against Sting, but Hogan didn't want to lose, so Hogan went to the ring in street clothes, whispered in Sting's ear, and then Hogan would lay down so Sting could pin him. Sting would retain his championship. It goes on and on. We saw stipulation matches booked, and then the stipulations were never adhered to. Like two weeks into Russo's regime when Kevin Nash was brought back with no explanation after retiring forever in August. So that pretty much killed stipulations in wrestling. Then he would later get involved as a wrestler, suffer concussions, and he couldn't even do his writing job. Ratings fell to record lows. WCW went up for sale with a $600 million price tag. But by the time Russo was done, Vince McMahon and WWF purchased the trademarks and tape library for $4.2 million. So Vince Russo was a tragedy for WCW. Yeah, the company was already in decline, but the right person could have turned the ship a little. They had plenty of talent, but man, that booking. And that's the Daily Wrestling News for October 3rd, 2022. And hey, if you liked this episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I encourage you to head over to Facebook and join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Uh, we'll have a post in there talking about Vince Russo jumping to WCW in 1999. So check it out. Again, that's the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. 